0: So, like a new style class, and we'll try to copy last week, part halach and part to see how Hasidus really adds. At least the halach is really relevant, last week we spoke about a mechitza, and this week I want to speak about the ladies section, so it's really, it's first halachically. What do I mean by a lady section halachically? So in the first class of these series, just to quickly recap, there there are some who halachically associate a shul with the Holy Temple, which means that just like there is a certain halachic Kedusha, this is not feel-good, this is a halachic concept in, in the Beis Hamikdash, and there are consequences, that since God is there, whether we can feel it or not, God's presence demands a certain decorum. And if the Beis and and Beis were what we call today a shul, has that status, which it does, the question is only by biblical law, by rabbinic law, that demands a certain decorum in a shul. So we began speaking about eating, drinking, snoozing, now, I want to speak about another type of decorum, and then we're going to speak about the lady section. We're going to begin with the halachic question, whether it has that Kedusha or not. So many different ways of getting there. The Torah, again, this is a Hasidic concept. Many people think that there are certain human emotions which generally are very negative, are purely evil, like, let's go, hatred. Is hatred a negative emotion? Absolutely. Hatred or anger are horrible emotions. They're very destructive to the person. Is there a place where they are necessary? It's a deep question. In other words, does Hashem create us in a way where there are certain things in us that are mamish not good ever I'm giving us a moshel but it's a good muscle, a halachic moshel like like when a boy is born you have to cut off a certain part of the body it means that is not good there is there is this concept that even though god made the world god put in the world certain things that we have to fix and some of them fixing it means out out you have to get rid of most of the way we view the world is, is that yeah, God created an imperfect world. Not since God made me that way or God made that that way. It's good. Well, it has to become better. And part of my mission is to make the world better. Like, for example, when, we, when people use the word tikkun olam. Tikkun olam cannot just mean getting rid of bad that we made. No, tikkun olam means is that look at the world that God created and the world has to be made better. Look at human life right now. Human life right now goes good. I'm hoping now for 90. I'm sure that in 10 years, I'll be hoping for 100. And, and without doubt, with the human being's innovation, with our partnership, we, we can make life go to 150. If someone wants that. For some people, I'm sure enough. In other words, there's a concept that the way Hashem made the world, it can still be made better. And then there are certain things in the world that God put there and they have to be taken out. And the same thing is with me, with you, with a person that when we try to get to know ourselves, the base of everything is that not since that's the way I am, it means it's the way it should be. No, that's the way Hashem made me. But part of my mission is to know where I'm at and to know that there is a better place to go to and that will demand work. In most cases, work won't mean to cut something out. In most cases, work would mean to rearrange it. But there are certain things that have to be cut out. So anger. Question, is anger something, hatred? Are you putting them together? I'm asking, I'm asking whether this is something that many people don't have and good for you, but people that experience at times when you are triggered anger, God forbid, you know, real hatred. It, I want to know whether this is something that is evil. In other words, is it part of, in the Hasidic words, is it from the three unpure clippers that have to be cut out? Or like in everything else, there might be very few places in life where they should be experienced. Is it something that could be channeled in the right way? What about when it comes to HaMalik? Are we supposed to hate them? Very good, very good, okay. Okay, so this, you're saying so good. And the Rebbe writes in Tanya, a crazy concept. In Sugar, when you read about it, you say, wow. There, there's something called a pure tzaddik or a perfect tzaddik and an imperfect tzaddik. The Rebbe says, how do you differentiate what makes someone a perfect versus an unperfect tzaddik? It sounds, what I'm saying, I'm repeating the Rebbe. it sounds so not Hasidic. I would say, how much good are they? Even greater. The Alter Rebbe says, how much do they hate evil? Mamesh. Atzadik. Sadiq. What makes atzadik imperfect is that his hatred to evil is not absolute. Evil is not a person. I'm talking about evil. However, whatever evil is. In other words, the Alter Rebbe is basically telling us that these emotions, are not purely bad. They're very destructive without a lot of effort. I would say for most people, it's like for an alcoholic, just don't go there, don't touch it. I think for most people don't go there is the right answer, ever, never. That's a practical approach, but there is a place for there to be hatred. And, and, and if a person is really aligned with Hashem, You'll hate that which God hates. These are the words of the Alta.. So God hates evil. God hates evil. And God wants us therefore to hate evil. And anger. Huh? The anger. I think to me, hate and anger to me somehow are mama's twin twin sisters. You're angry at it. You have like, you have a, you have a, a negative feeling towards it the lack of that negative feeling gives that power over me. Even if I understand that's not for me, that's really bad, but there's a certain tolerance. And anger and hatred means that I think we're meant to hate Nazis. I'm giving it just a muscle. Not just to understand that what they did to have, when you look at a person, when you look at Hitler, you're supposed to hate him. He's our enemy. So not just, let me stay safe. Now I'm protected. No, there is there's not. Should a person be living with that feeling the whole time? God forbid, it's very, very unhealthy. But there is a place for it. So says the Altarab. I'm just trying to give some sort of background. There is a mitzvah in the Torah to destroy a church or any other house which practices idolatry. There's a mitzvah to destroy it. You see, you hear these words? It's not like, I don't believe in it, so it's nothing. Like, if it's nothing, you're not gonna have any negative feelings towards it because it doesn't do anything to me, no. There's a mitzvah to, to destroy. About to hate it. I think that's what it means. It means you need to destroy. Don't build it, get rid of it. The Toyota writes the words that they're all, there's, I don't even know English good enough. It's very rich words. In other words, you, there are many words to hatred. Thank God I don't know all of them because we should not. We should know other good feelings. Like the, the more words you have towards something, I think the more you, you're developed, the more you are aware of what it is. When people only have one word, how are you feeling? Good. How are you feeling? Good. That's an underdeveloped person. That's the only word that they have. When you tell a person to oh, describe more, it's very important because then you get to know that better. I would, you would think, when it comes to anger or hatred, it's just one word. No, the Torah gives up four words. The altar is this type of destruction. There, there are monuments to other, all destruction, but they're different words. Now, I think these are emotions. These are not just um, actions of breaking it this way, breaking it that way. As <speaking> This you're burning fire. This you should not make it into that. Like, what, what is that? That's that's anger and hatred. However, you work to understand idolatry, I'm not I'm not I'm not, God forbid, personalizing it. I'm just an idea. Total speaks about what we have to do towards locations that are imbued with this tumor. Once this becomes a house of idol worship, that the ruach like permeates. Permeates. And God says, destroy it like this and destroy it like that and burn it in fire and crumble it. God is emotional. How can I tell you? You read Chumash. God is emotional. God is beyond that also. Of course, God created that. But God does not only remain God like I don't know what God is this cool common collective that also and God gets angry. God writes I'm gonna get angry just that is so beautiful. You can relate to God. We can get God angry. How great is that? That's what kids do the whole time. If they feel the parents are not giving them positive emotions they need emotions so they get they, they know how to do it it's beautiful. Now, I'm getting to a first halachi concept, then we'll come back to some chassidus. So since it says in the Torah, when God is telling us all different ways we should destroy idol worship houses, at the end it says, and don't do that to my house. This is psukim in the chumash. Which also means that God knows that at times you might get angry at him and God is telling us, even when you're angry at me, don't destroy the building. Don't break the building down. God has to say that. It's almost funny, right? But that's what it is. It's God is tolerating the feeling because it, the Altarebbe says we're not that in control of our feelings. We have control whether we're going to allow it express itself. But we're not. If we're not and we're not. We should know. We should be aware. But we're not in control of it. In other words, God is saying, if you, even if you're going to be really, really angry at me, don't express it by burning down the house. Literally, mamish. because God tells us, burn down that house. And I think God is speaking with emotions, not calmly. Let me just go and burn out. God is speaking with, with feeling. When Hashem was angry at us after the golden calf, Rashi writes, or the, the Medrash writes, one of the dialogues that Moshe Rabbeinu had with God is, is why are you so angry? So God says because they made an idol Moshe Rabbeinu says but the idol has no power are you claiming what they claim that it's something for you to be angry about isn't that a great argument that's a great argument if it's really nothing why are you angry he told God in other words you are acknowledging that you have competition because if it would not be competition it would be a joke God did not respond that was a great argument I think God needed to hear it it's like when you're angry. Sometimes you know that you're exaggerating, but you need to have someone outside of you, from, from a good place, to tell you, "Hey, you're getting carried away. This amount of anger, yes, that amount of it, that's too much. You're out of control." And we get out of control. And once we get into the world of annoy, we go out of control, for good, for bad. There's no container. There's no ah. And it's and it's dangerous because and, and no, there's no end to it. There's no end to it. People. Yeah, people uh, drown themselves. Okay. So this mitzvah that we're not allowed to break a shul becomes a whole halach. As to, can you break a shul? Answer is absolutely not, unless you are doing it for a constructive purpose for the shul. The last words are important, for the shul. Not a constructive purpose, that's not enough. You see, if a synagogue would not have Kedusha, then then you would say, okay, you cannot destroy the shul just to destroy it. But if you need to, um, the shul, the, yeah, like, like the shul has 100 square feet, and I want to make it 120, and I'm breaking the rules roll, to expand, that would be kosher. But if I want to make the shul smaller, even though it's going to be prettier, because I need to add to the hallway, we're not allowed to do that because here, even though you're destroying it for a constructive purpose, but it's not for synagogue. And since a synagogue has Kedusha, so you cannot exchange holy for something that's that's great, Let's consider as sure because oh, there are so many like, there, we go. That, there we go. Like, even Chabar, so very good, done. very good, very good. So, by the way, this is part of the, 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 the halachi class, and and, and I want to leave your, your question open-ended. We touched upon it a little bit the first time. I missed one class, so it was missed. We'll come back to this. I want to focus on the ladies' section. Your question on the ladies' section. All of this, just to know it's an amazing discussion. How, how did this, where was this topic discussed? it could have come up who knows when it only came up a few hundred years ago but it came up a few year, a few hundred years ago at least amongst amongst the, the halachic world that there was a synagogue in which imagine shocking even then more ladies began to come so at a certain point what needed to be done was they needed to they, they needed to expand or to add a ladies gallery and the solution they had was, is that one of, the, one of the sides, one of the walls of the shul had behind it a room, had behind it a room. So the idea was to break down part of that wall, to have an opening, which would allow the women to have a women's gallery. The breaking down a wall of a shul, in order to allow for the room on the other side of the wall to become another Ezra's Sounds like a no-brainer, but let's just view it through the narrow halachic lens over here. What's the issue? The issue is is that God says, don't destroy a shul if it's not for the purpose of a shul. Bumba. That's the question. Is the Ezra's notion considered a shul? Yes. I would think yes. Yes. We said last, the last week about the Mechitza and how important it is. The is yeah. important. But yeah. We say Amen to the main to doesn't mean you are in a shul. I, I, listen, let's have this. You have to understand. There's main to means that you're hearing the prayers and you're saying amen. Let me give you. Let me give you a great example. All right. Our presence isn't critical to anything happening. Um, don't say that. That's very demeaning. On a, a halachic uh, 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 Correct. Up when the, correct, correct. Okay. When the open. Oh, 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 one second. One second. Okay. <laughs> let me ask you a question. If there is a minion in a shul. And people are standing right outside the window. Halachically, they answer amin. i tell you more than that. When there's a minyan in the shul, they, them praying over there is considered that they davened with the minyan. But not in a shul. So when we spoke about the first class as a backyard minyan, we spoke about, that was the first class. It, it, it's a minyan, but it does not have the kedusha of a shul. That was the whole halachic issue, because and, it's and not like a bias. because it's not a loca- it's not a bias designated for. It, by the way, if a person were to designate a corner of their backyard exclusively for the shul, then that would be different. But I'm speaking about practically, people have their backyard for many things, including mm-hmm. if there's that Friday night or Shabbos day, it's like a multi-purpose room in a shul, which also does not have the kedusha of a shul. We spoke about a concept for a man, that even if there's no minion, theoretically, daven in a shul, not in your home. Because there is a In and God is there. Nothing to do with the minion. That is only for the shul. Does that exist in the ladies section? Mm-hmm. So I want you to know. So there's a four-way machelik, and I want to read for you a little bit from each one. There's a. This is a halachic discussion, and it goes from one extreme to the other. So the first, we're speaking about, um, this question came up during the time of the Tzamach So this was, a, it was discussed, and it came up again, a practical question. It wasn't a theoretical question. It was about the refurbishment of a shul to enhance the ladies' section. And are you allowed to do it or not? If a person destroys even only one stone destructively, either from the altar or from the holy temple, they get flogged. Getting flogged is not about you're getting flogged. you get getting flogged means that you're violating a biblical commandment. Like we just mentioned, because it says that their altars you should destroy. And then God writes at the end, don't do that, God says, don't do that to me. Don't do that to God, don't do to me. So he, the Chachmas Adam, first, number one, writes, he poskened that you're not allowed to take apart the wall of the Beis HaKnesses, to make windows for a woman's gallery, because the women's gallery ain't boy kedushas base HaKnesses club. There is absolutely no kedusha of the base She was not happy, one second. Number two, just to note, there are four opinions here that Samach heard about this, I want you people to understand that there is no politically correct at all by these type of people. This is a pure halachic discussion. Samach writes that there are different levels of Kedushah, different levels of Kedushah, and he did not accept that there was no kadusha whatsoever. He does write, ras nashim, He says by the ladies' gallery, He says, so it doesn't have the same level of Kedush of a shul. Why? the safer Because in the in the in the in the ladies section you don't have the aron kodesh, which means you don't have a sefer Torah. I just want to stop over here. I don't know who who came with this layout, but from when I know, our world, my world, the world of Lubavitch, the world here in the lay of Chabad, every shul that doesn't have a ladies gallery as a rule with exceptions, have the men and the women side by side, and the Aram kodesh is placed in the center. We do that by us on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. We don't do it during the year because we have a smaller shul and we push it, it would not fit. Just to know that Samar Tzedek is this halach. He's writing The reason why you don't have kedusha by the ladies as much as the men is because you don't have in it the, 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 the Adon HaKodesh, which means, according to this, that whenever you place the Adon in the center of the room and the Mechitza goes off the middle, which means the Adon is, doesn't have to be 50-50. It's in both environments, it will change. That will, that, that's a halachic concept. Now, he also held that one cannot break down the wall, in this case, to make a ladies' gallery, but he was rejecting the, the word, the halachic words, that there is no kadusha. He says there is Kedush. There's different levels of Kedush. And you can't go, you can't destroy a part of that which has more kadusha for something that has less Kedush. The truth is there are, there are other nuances. I want to read the final. I know there's more, but let me tell you, so you have no Kedush, Lesser kedusha, and then regarding this topic. So I don't know who wrote the book Devar Yo-Hishua, but this was at the same era, and he quotes the first Belzer Rebbe, but not as a Rebbe, as a halachic authority. Byos also the Samach Tzedek, the, the, the third Rebbe, wasn't he wrote books in halacha. We're speaking about a Hasidic Rebbe, but not speaking mysticism, speaking halacha, and he writes that the kedusha in the ladies gallery is even greater from a synagogue of men and listen to what, what was his rationale and therefore he was of the opinion that you are allowed to do it you can break down the wall by the men section because you're doing it for a shul and concerning this question he, he was of the opinion that the ladies' section has more kiddush. This has a lachic consequence. I can, before reading on, intuitively, it can sound weird to you, but there is a certain culture in the Chabad world for your sons, for the guys, in which not only are people not being advocated or educated, daven with the minion, we're being educated, go to a place where there is a minion, but you're daven on your own pace. There's like a culture. You go to every there's like the second room, the side room, and you have all of it, the, and they daven slower theoretically. Now, do they end up schmoozing and making lachaims? Could be, but it didn't begin that way. It began by, by people being told it's important to daven with the minion, but if you can daven for three four hours, much much better. But don't destroy the decorum of the show. Go to the to the lady section. The lady section is the place where people are not conforming to the rigidity or to the decorum, to the rules that we're starting at this time and we're doing this and everyone is quiet. Some people don't have the menschlechite, so they bring that freedom into the shul. That freedom does not belong in the shul, but that freedom belongs in the ladies' section of not conforming and praying on your own terms. It's amazing. And they can stand with the women. No, the women are not there. Oh, very good. I'm happy. And not with the women. God forbid. But I'm during saying this week. during the week. You go, like like if you look at the shul in the morning, and I'll tell you something, the people now, that daven and the ladies section, it's happened now. They daven, there many, attack of people. Firstly, some of them come late, carpool. So there, there are people that don't want to be bound by the, we're starting this, we're going in the speed. They don't want that. But they're still part of the Minyan? They get they get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they I cannot count them for the minion if they're not Shmona Esri with us. Mm-hmm. I don't They they won't necessarily even make up the ten men. But since that they can hear everything that's going on, and they can they can answer Amen and answer baruch and answer Kadushan here, the reading of the Torah, all of the benefits of praying with the minion they're getting. And now we're learning that they are in an environment that is even more Kedush. So if you want to get your prayers answered, when the women are not there, go to the women section. But he wants to give a halachic explanation for that. How, where do we find that? So he writes like that. He, beautiful words, halachic words. Mishum the by the men mischalekes hakadosh. There is, there is a, the kedusha gets broken down. Now, broken down means broken down. Each one is only half between prayer and based on medrash on learning Torah. In other words, we connect to God by obligation, by obligation through prayer and through learning Torah, etc., etc., etc. He says women are obligated to pray and they're not obligated to learn Torah. They're not obligated. Now, of course, to learn how to keep the mitzvahs, that every, everyone is obligated. That God tells you keep Shabbos, you have to learn how to keep Shabbos. But like this type of learning, it's optional. A man is mochuy, a man is obligated, not only to learn that which is relevant, to learn concepts, to learn ideas, women are not obligated. So he says, since God wants the connection from the woman, God demands it through prayer, so all of the kedusha is channeled through the prayer. And therefore, a place that's designated for women to pray has more kadusha than a place designated for the men because they don't need to connect only through prayer. They have a biblical mandated other venue of connection. And now I want to share with you a beautiful moment of the Alter Rebbe. Like, wow, amazing. And these, these are very important ideas. Like These are big ideas. The Alter Rebbe has always the big ideas and the relevant to our life. I want to speak about the connection of prayer and the connection of Torah. What? Connection of... Through learning Torah, and and and, and the, what I'm saying now are words of the Alter Eben. Mm-hmm. That there are two types of relationships that we have. All of it, all of all of this is ultimately God is giving us a model of how He would like to be connected to us. That's the way we understand all human relations. And there are two types, there are two categories of human relations. And one is called achhoisi, one is called rayasi. God, right? God is telling us, these are the words of King Solomon, it's beautiful, that Koil doidi doyfik. Doidi doifik, which means that the God, God, God is sending forth his 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 sound. Because God cannot be seen. He God knows that but God can be heard and God's voice is banging on our door. That's the way God sees it. Many people feel like God is beating me up or God abandoned me, okay? Everyone has their own experience. It's like when your kids will come over to you and they will one day and they will tell you how horrible it was when they grew up. (laughs) This will happen to all of us. Don't freak out. Thank God they're sharing it with you. Thank God. And it, you're not being judged. You're not being judged because because that was their experience. It, that's not the objective experience. And the last thing you should do, God forbid, is to get defensive. You have to hear more. And you have to be grateful that you have enough. That's, that's a compliment to you that you have enough of a relationship that they feel safe enough to come and tell you how horrible you are. How come? Uh, I think most, I don't know, but talking to myself... The we women here, are so we, many, so you're too young. We're thinking about the people. You don't have. You have yeah. to have older kids but for that. But my kids, our kids, gonna tell us this. But I don't feel like we can tell our parents. Same. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I live in a different
0: generation. generation. Yes. Like I would never tell my parents. How I'll tell you why, because your parents were not were given the, the, the tools that we were given. It's yeah. not a. It's not a compliment to you or to me. It's because they were not. You see, you hear about this, you think about it, and it resonates, and you witness it, and you hear it, then you're ready. The first natural reaction of a person who sacrificed their lives for someone else. You don't have to be grateful, but you have the chutzpah to come and to tell me that after this and that, that I sacrificed for you, this is what you're coming to me with. right? By the way, that reaction is very natural. But you thought well, calm down. But they're not they're not telling you that you didn't sacrifice what they're telling you is is that god made it by but it's by design that way it has to be by design because it's always that way is that is that there are certain things that they perceived it as and then sometimes the parents of posh not good people zev and i'm sure it's both some of us is great even the great was not accepted great and then imagine the not great oh my god So 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 again we have, our perspective. we have our perspective. Does God care for me? Does God listen to me? God doesn't listen to me. We have a whole a whole story going on. God has his own story. God sees himself, yeah, it's Mamma, it's almost humorous. God sees himself as 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 he gave us everything, right? Like He created the world and he gave us freedom. He doesn't want to win shrewd. God is the most gentle, like God doesn't even show himself. God wants to be connected, and God is crying. I'm knocking on your door. I'm knocking my whole, your whole life. I'm let me in. It's a beautiful word. Pischily, open up for me. Means I gave you the power. We have to. We have the power to tell God. I, I ignore you, and we won't see him. And God is pleading with us. Open up the door for me. Now he's calling out to us. How does he call us? So he gives us two names. He gives us two names. God calls us, my sister. Huh? And God calls us, my wife. <laughs> so however you think about God, understand God thinks about you, that you are sometimes a sister and sometimes you're your wife. And there are, there's a maimer from the Alter Rebbe that's explaining the foundational difference between sister and wife. And listen to words. There are certain relationships that are a fact. It's a fact. It's almost like it, it cannot be different, like, like siblings. Siblings are from the same flesh. You can get along, you cannot get along. You can never unsister yourself. Spouse is a made creation, man made choice. And we know halakhically and factually it can be unmade. And if someone were to ask you, what relationship is deeper? The logical answer would be that something that you did not choose, something that you cannot unchoose is deeper. The Altareb explains it's the opposite. dafke something that you choose, is a lot deeper than something that you didn't. Something you didn't choose is deeper? something that you choose is deeper and and that's the reality the reality is is that we're speaking about in a healthy family where there's good relationship between siblings and make a healthy couple the bond of the couple is infinitely deeper why has something to do with choice And understanding the importance and the consequence of you feeling, of me feeling that we're doing what we chose to do. Versus when a person, whether true or not, feels that I was uh, forced into it or this was someone else's choice. It's a whole different type of relationship, even if it's very beautiful and I'm very comfortable. I think it's also you're putting, when you work for something and you put effort into it, the, you just reap the benefits more, so. But that can bite by siblings also. Not by you, you're amazing, but by by me, you gotta make an effort. In other words, the effort, and I wanna say more, it, it, like, I, 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 I'm just saying the other side. Yeah. I'm not dismissing yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I think that by siblings, some siblings, some siblings, a lot more effort has to be made. And some couples at a certain point, Things just go for them. The is, um, his way, his choice, the, the power, I'm saying for our kids, the importance, the appreciation, that the more we can give our children choices, we're, we're freeing them, we're humanizing them, instead of, like, that's a whole chachma parenting, yeah, there's a certain, you're the container. It can't be Hefke, it's not Hefkevelt, like, you want to eat this or you want to eat that, Dan Eden. You're not giving them the choice to eat nash. I get that, but ultimately it's about choice. You got to choose. You got a person has to choose, and a relationship that's built on choice, even though it's not your flesh, and even though you can unchoose it, is a the deepest relationship. Now listen, yes. What about I feel like, especially in Judaism and other folks also, but like. So many times people got married like they didn't know each other. They weren't like, how much would you say they're choosing beautiful, beautiful. a twelve-year-old and a thirteen-year-old didn't meet under the khutbah. Okay, and people that knew each other in the goyish world today, after five years, they also don't know each other. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really, of I really believe that in every marriage, it has to be at a certain point they get remarried. It has to be the you people are too young. We had to get another sibling with you, remember? Okay, but, but, but you're still very young. It, it has to wrong. be. It has to be that way by design, and it's not that at the second marriage you just know more, but you begin to understand, it has to be a choice. The fact that you are already married doesn't ruin it, it makes it a lot better. <laughs> you know what you're getting. No, you know more that you don't know fully, even that it you knows you know more what you know and you also know more what you don't know. I don't think it's that you you don't have to know. Not you don't, you can't, you can't fully know, you don't even know yourself. how. Yeah, but that that's important to have that. And I, I, I was going in a different direction. The same idea that I was born in a frumah home. i momish almost in yeshiva the health a healthy year where all of us see this is the beauty of Labavitch. We were afforded the liberty to question everything. Who says there is a God? Just because I was born out from the eight billion people, what I won the lottery. Right Atabahartonu and how lucky we are, and then Anwar Hasidim and Am Chabad, and like, yeah. And what about the Buddhist that feels that way? Maybe he's right and I'm wrong. And, and everything. And what happens, again, this, this is something that can happen many times, is that I saw this only by us that Mamish people have a question and then they choose it. And it's a whole new Yiddishkeit. And it's good to see this in our kids. Because you chose. Or when you have on all different levels, when when some children rebel against their parents, how healthy it is for them. Because what the end of that is is that they're gonna re choose their parents. They're gonna choose to have a, a better relationship. And if they don't, it's just also it. I would say that if the parents are are, are 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 hear these words, this is where it's going. Only if we do something to ruin it. And we have to take responsibility for that. I don't, I really, I think it's always going to be that way. It's always going to be that way. Okay, so now let's bring it back to God. God wants both relationships with us. Now if I'm going to ask you Toro and tefilo. which one is which? Tefilo. Tefilo is which one? Which one is it brings out the relationship of being a sibling to God, and which one brings out that we are that we are choosing God? I think prayer is choosing. Why? Just give me why. Choosing me a spouse. Yeah. Why? You have the words. You say it. Because, I mean, choice because you can undo it, but you choose to stay together with Hashem. Like but why is that prayer? Why is that? Why is that prayer more than Torah? That's what I'm asking. Torah, tefillah. Because you, Torah doesn't change, and tefillah, Torah is commandments. Torah, is God's words. Torah, God's words. God's words. What would you say? They're Him, not you. Pray are your words. Prayers, uh-huh, you can do uh-huh. every day better. And better. Not only uh-huh. that, not only that, uh-huh. not only that, prayers are your words. Uh-huh. Imagine a relationship. Can you imagine a relationship with the relationship is that I am going to read to you One your way. words. Yeah. Or when I have the, 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 when I'm afforded the dignity to choose the words I want to tell you. Prayer is where we become God's spouse because we're not given that freedom in Torah. Look at Torah. I'm bound by halacha. I have the opportunity to learn God's will. This is me getting to know God. You know what I'm saying? So what are mitzvahs? Let's leave mitzvahs out of this. okay. Torah and tefillah. And the greatest beauty is is that by men, just to go back to the Bels the fact that men are obligated to play, that takes away the spouse aspect. If there's obligated, then you're not married, then you're a sibling. Mm-hmm. The, the, it, it's not just that the women are not mochoyev, that even in prayer, you're not obligated, you're obligated, but you're not obligated somehow. That means that when you choose to do it, it's it's taka, you are making a choice. Does mama only applies to women? This mirror is about men. I'm just adding to it that, that the concept, Al argues, that Torah is where we get to express the relationship with God as a sibling. And prayer, why? Because the very fact that the words of prayer are not God made, they came from, they came from us. And, you know, even we spoke about the last time we learned about tefillah, that it's really good to dive in your own words. When you open up a say, for treda, if I were to add one letter, i ruined the whole thing. I don't have that right. Torah is something that I have the merit to delve into, but I cannot make it. I'm bound by it. The Torah obliges me. Prayer doesn't oblige. I'm just adding that if you think about it, men are mochoy The fact that now, you can't say women are not obligated, but you, the level of obligation is very different. You certainly can fulfill your obligation by saying moida'ani. You pray to God. For you to go to a shul and to David, you're not a That's That's marriage. I'm not saying that marriage doesn't come with obligations, just to get the context right. I'm saying but the, the, the obligatory part of a, of a relationship is, is not unique to marriage. You have this with a, for siblings. Siblings have obligations. I, I'm a to my parents, I'm a to my siblings, I'm a to my children. And I can never unchayev myself. I'm chayev I'm chayev uh, for my brother more than to other people. I'm chayev for my kids. The fact that a sibling, God forbid, can be uns- uh, or a spouse can be unspoused, you're not chayev. You're choosing, choosing, and that makes it infinitely greater than all other relationships. that ever writes, infinite. It's a whole different thing. Theoretically, that's how it should be. So based on all this, coming back over here, so a place that's designated for the woman to daven, which which brings forth, or even using his words, the fact that there isn't the Torah part of it, it's only the prayer part of it, as, a, as as halachic, halachic, it makes that place filled with a higher level of kadush. And I heard many, many stories of, of, of tzaddikim when they went to daven, when women were not there, they were daven in the ladies' section. Mamash. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I see. They walk in. It, it, yeah. I'm saying, somehow by us, the culture, it feels like you're in the shul, but you're not in the shul. You're given a certain amount of of freedom, of freedom from the rigidity of the of the ritual. Like you have to begin now. You got to say this. There's a certain feeling of I can I can choose. I can go my own pace. I can go my own pace over there. And Bahlal, I'm sure by the ladies, that's what it feels like. I'm saying the fact that you don't have the bima in there, you don't have to. You, you come, that 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 makes the few moments of prayer a whole different experience. It should make a whole different experience, like mamish be'emis. I just want to conclude with one other halachic, was just to know about the kadusha of the of the Ezra's nashim. Halachic concepts, but they're very important because of the kadusha in the shul. One is not allowed to make a shul a thoroughway. Mm-hmm. Thoroughway would mean it's very relevant by Chabad Solo, mm-hmm. but even in bigger shuls, sometimes you have these big buildings, and you're trying to get to the other side of the street, and you can walk around the block, or you walk in this door, you walk out that door, and you make it into a shortcut. It's called a kapandaria. I don't know where the word came from. It stuck in since you cannot make a basic message into a kapandaria. No, that's for security only. But but here, no, no, one second. The question now is, like, we built a shul in a way that we have a shul behind the shul. We have the Sephardic shul. And currently, the only way to get to the Sephardic shul is by walking through the Chabad shul. Halachically, when a man walks into the shul, he has to sit down on the chair and say one verse of the Torah. He has to do something mitzvah-related in the shul in order, I mean, that's a hatred, but there's no option. So there's a whole discussion that's just a follow-up to the first discussion, whether the same applies to a lady section. In other words, when you or Anitta are going into the Shephardik Shul, based on the ruling of the Tzemach Tzedek already, I mean, even though it doesn't have the same level of Kedusha, so you, you can't knock the wall down, you're not allowed to walk through the lady's section, to get to the backyard without connecting to God for a moment there. To sit down and say a pasuk. Why? Because you're walking in a holy place. You're walking in a ma'akam kodesh, and are certainly, according to the that even more than by the men section. I think that externalized sitting down and doing something it has a very deep uh, effect on a person, even if if they understand what they're doing. It's just being aware that you're walking into a mini base hamigdash. Doesn't matter what it looks like. It's not about the physical. Understanding that makes us open to halavai experience some of that. These things are not tangible, so if you're not open to it, what, how do you expect to feel it? And Maybe there's no a machlokes. That's the same machlokes. According to the to the to the uh, was if you want, why you Adam. you to say I count on the on that there's no kedushin. The don't do that. I, or don't, or no, don't the, do that. I'm asking. Well, uh, halachically, the answer is yes. And I'm and I'm suggesting don't do that because yeah very good. Once there is an argument in halachic sources, to a certain degree, then you, you can you can side. lean on one, but but that will you're shooting yourself on the foot. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you go always to the? If there is a machloket, it's because there is a place. For it. That's right, and I think in in that world of a machloket there's a certain uh, freedom, at least some choice that God gave us that we can side with Aleph or side with base. I would much rather side with that, 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 that there's Kedusha because, because that's to your advantage. Because, because there will be moments in your life that you'll need to talk to God. And talking to God on the Beis Akneses is more effective than talking to God in your home. And talking to God in the ladies' sections, which is more or less the only option you have as a woman, why would you not want to side with the Belzer Evan? Because when you go through the when you go to the Sephardic Shul, you don't want to invest the thirty seconds. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. If you understand what's happening here, it's not worth it. You can't pick and choose. It's either is good or not good. Pick a side a side and pick the right side and it's good it's good to know that there is kedusha we need that it's not that we only need that we also need to be grounded we don't only need that that's unhealthy people we also need kedusha we have enough of gashmias let's add some holy okay. and it's and, and we can't you can't make this up it's not spirituality the kedusha is something way beyond spirituality and you have to know what the traitor says about kedusha well, the fact that I don't feel it means zero. Kedusha is not spirituality. Kiddushah is God's presence. And God is so beyond us that it's... A, why should we be able to feel that? So God is telling me when He's present. Hashem showed all of us that we should... Uh, we should appreciate more the Kiddushah of the ladies section. That will be good and good for the ladies and good for the men... That would make people gay. Okay, if it's good for them, if it's good for them for women, has many kids, and they need the time off, doesn't hate. I don't know, whatever works. You're not مخويف, Not مخويف, You're not مخويف. That's very important. It does mean that when you choose to do it, it 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 it's a lot more meaningful, a lot more meaningful, if you understand that this is your choice. You're choosing to connect to God in God's house. God comes to my house, and sometimes I can go to God's house. And God is not scary, and God is not making me feel uncomfortable. People are. <laughs> no. If a person walks into shul and they don't get a good vibe, that that is something that we sense more. That's that's not God. That's not the shul. That's the people. That's the, the people. Energy. The energy is given by the people. I don't I don't think I know that many people. I don't know that, that they can feel kedusha. The that ever felt Kiddush, I think we're not on that level. We feel good energy. I'm saying that's something that I can relate to. Some people I'm more Rukhni's dick, but that's not we're speaking about kedusha, which is much greater than Rukhni's. <coughs> like Mamish, like God is there. So you can't you, you they wanna make a lady section. No, you can't touch the stone. Kedusha, according to one opinion. Yeah, it's also depending on what you do in your house, how you connected with Hashem, and what do you do? So when you leave from your house and you're going to the place, the Knesset, you can, you can have some kind of... A... It depends on the home also, but Mr. means I would say that certain people have a lot of Kiddush in their home, and they're connected to God in their home. It's just different. I would say that this is God coming into your home. This is your home. And in the Beit Knesset it is you going into God's home. person has a good relationship with with the parent, there's the parent visiting you and then there's you visiting the parent. That's the difference. And if the parent tells you, you have to visit me once a week, whether they say it like that or whether they say it like that, that's one type of relationship. And when you have a relationship where the child says, I want to visit you once a week, that's the ultimate fila. that's the spousery. not mochoyiv, I don't want mechiyuv, I don't want obligatory, on want choice, good.